it just need more people to share it like share the shit well if I was still on Facebook I'd share the shit out of it I haven't, I haven't logged on to that shit in like almost a year and a half now why is that I just got tired of it man I spent way too much time fucking off on there and and wasting time just on nonsense and so I mean I still do messenger and I still do it for my business but mm-hmm. um, the real only thing I ever even look at at all is Instagram and that's just I, what I love about that is it's nothing but fish and shit that's all yeah. it is music so I can just control what I see I don't see people being ugly to each other over politics or you know anything like that and mm-hmm. I just did I was just over the negativity of it all and just really just wasted too much fucking time scrolling through bullshit on Facebook that I could have been doing a number of other things that were probably more important. So, yeah. Anyway, I- Warning. The opinions expressed on this particular podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the guests alone. They do not represent the army, the police, or anything else. Simply our opinions, no one else's. Thank you and enjoy before I forget. Welcome to Before I Forget. This is Tyree and Kevin here. Howdy, how's everyone's doing? Kevin? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm fucking running around like a chicken with the head cut off, as usual. <laughs> as and usual. Then, and today we have our guest Adam Peoples. Hello, Adam. Hey, how's it going? Good it's to doing pretty good, man. We're pretty happy to have you on. Finally, after uh, the the wrangling of everyone else and doing all this and doing all that, and it's nice to have some stability with a friend on. Yeah, man, I'm happy to be here and and, uh, and and talk to you guys, man. Looking forward to it. Yep. So as usual, I'll try to get right into it. And Kevin says, "What do I say? You're not going to say it. I, I don't use. I, I don't get into it. I mean, you get right into it. Yeah, that's just like the first thing you do. Like you do, like a hey, everybody, how's it going? And this is the podcast we're starting right now. Yeah. Well." And I'm over here trying to like have a conversation and shit. You know what I mean? Like I, I just ask peeps how he's doing. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa! You don't get to ask that question yet. Yeah, we're starting yeah. in five, and then the countdown, and then next thing you know. <clears throat> so peeps, how you doing, man? What's up? How you been? I've been great. Um, just working and uh, enjoying family life uh, and doing well. How about you? Well, uh, not terrible. You know, could be better, could be worse. You know, I like to, I like to, I like to uh, hang right there in in the in the middle. You know what I'm saying? Um, just to kind of, you know, maintain that humbleness in life. You know what I mean? Just, just to keep it spicy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The occasional struggle here and there. If you to... keep it in the middle, you never know which way it can go. If you go up or down. If you if you go up to one side or the other, down or up, and you can only go one way. So I see it keeps it unpredictable. Well, when you put it that way, I might as well just hit rock bottom because it can only ever go up from there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're going to start off with where were you? No, no. We're going to go into Mm. explain who you are. Explain to the people exactly who you are. And uh, we'll start from there. Okay. Um, So my name is Adam. 
Um, I served in the Army with these two fellows right here uh, in the 1st Infantry Division for a few years. And um, I stayed in the Army for a little bit longer after that uh, once we went different directions. Um, got out of the Army in uh, 2011 and moved to uh, the Florida Panhandle. Um, also got married uh, to my wife, Cadence, uh, about a year before I got out of the Army. Uh, we got two little girls, um, Amelia and Stella, 11 and 9. And uh, we live in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, where I'm a, a full-time fishing guide. There it is. What's, uh, what's the name of your uh, company for a, you know, let's do a little shout-out, man. Gotcha, yeah. So uh, it's One Shot Fishing Charters. One Shot Fishing Charters down there in Fort Walton. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. <clears throat> is it go uh, down there and fight your swordfish <laughs> yeah, yeah. Catch whatever you want to catch Moby Dick <laughs> it don't matter Jaws you want to catch it we'll get it absolutely <laughs> <laughs> sounds extreme as a motherfucker dude. Well, I mean you know no that is pretty badass though man because like I feel like I mean like and like Tyree said in, in, in one of the group chats uh, yesterday, you're like, not only do we have like some of our dudes that are still in the army, like out there kicking ass and, you know, and, and, and moving up and doing amazing things. But like also, you know, a lot of our dudes that have gotten out of the military um, and, and the things that you guys are doing and like just being successful and, and like, you know, just, just tackling whatever market that you guys are in. So it's, it's actually pretty cool, man, to, to see that that's like, cause you're, you're kind of, you're, you're kind of just, working in your passion right like this is something like you would would do anyway oh dude i mean it's just i'm li- i mean like you know the quote unquote living the dream i mean honestly man like this is i can't think of any job i mean this i get to go out and be on the water every day which for me is um there's no place i'd rather be um, it's mm-hmm. helped me tremendously um just from a you know personal perspective and, and well-being perspective of being able to be out there all the time um, you know, much less I get to make a living doing it. So it's, it's really, man, it's, it's, it's really a blessing to be able to, to, uh, to do it for a living for sure. Yeah, man. It's like, it's like that, like, like that saying, it's like, you know, like, uh, if you, I don't know, work in your passion or you make whatever the fuck it is, you never really work a day in your life or however that saying goes. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> Something along those lines. I know what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm, I'm good with I'm good with uh, Doctor Shoots quotes, but uh, nothing else. I was gonna say he's real <laughs> slick with like, with the linguistics. Uh, Mr. Peeps, what was your um, reasoning for joining the infantry? So, when I enlisted in the military, um, it was kind of a spur of the moment decision. Um, I decided I was going to go enlist in the Marines. Um, I drove up to the Marine recruiting office and uh was walking up and this uh army corporal was walking out of the uh, recruiting office the army recruiting office which obviously you know they're right next door always and he said mm-hmm. hey man we're headed i said man i'm headed in here to the marines to enlist in the uh the airborne infantry he said really he said man you know you can't pick your job in the marines i said really he said no nah, man you can't he said they, they pick your job for you based on your ASVAB score i said huh they said well he said you can enlist from airborne infantry over here in the army. It's like same job. I'm like, cool, let's go do it. <laughs> it was it, it was that easy. It was that easy, and I walked in there, and uh, of course they make you take the ASVAB and stuff, and uh, do that, and uh, 
by this time I'm, they got some staff sergeant there. I forget his name. staff sergeant Pierce actually. I didn't remember his name. And uh, he takes me in there, and uh, he was an infantry guy. And he's like, mm-hmm. "Man, are you sure you want to do infantry?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty freaking sure, man." He's like, uh, "He's like, you can do a bunch of other things that probably won't suck as bad." And I'm like, "Nah, like that's pretty much what I want to do." He's like, "All right, cool. That's all I need to hear." And so I signed up for six years right there. <clears throat> what year was that? That was in 2001. Yeah. So you was, so you you signed free 911 too, huh? No, no, no. This this was this was right after 911. This was in, this would have been Yeah, this would have been cuz I graduated in 02. You know what? This might have been 02. God, I can't, man. I can't remember. My memory sucks so bad. It was 02. <laughs> I enlisted yeah. three. I enlisted January of three. So yeah, this was two thousand and two. So it would have been the fall of O two. November somewhere of O two probably. Yeah. But you were you were so you were talking to the recruiter in December for sure. Yeah. 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 Sure. So and, and with that being said, so that, that's actually the kind of two points. Um did you did you join because not was nine eleven like a motivator for you? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean I was I was a senior in high school. And and we were at school and we watched it all go down on TV at the school. And uh, it wasn't something that was immediately there that meet with me that was like, man, I want to immediately just go sign up. Um, but it was something that, you know, grew on me for that reason over time. And then also I was a total delinquent and getting into a bunch of trouble. So I really needed something like that. And I knew I did. Um, mm. So a combination of those two things are what steered me in that direction. And so the other thing is pretty much everybody that we've talked to so far has had pretty much the same story as to why they joined the infantry, Like there was no other option. And I, and I kind of, I kind of find that fascinating, right? Like we, we all joined the infantry. Yeah. We were presented with other options and, and, but we all wanted infantry. Like nobody was like, well, fuck man, I guess I'll settle on the infantry. Like everybody went to the recruiter and said, this is what I want to be. Yeah, man. I wanted to go to combat. Yeah. I mean, that's what I wanted to do. That's that's why I joined. You know, and, and I've said this before, like being a drill, you know, I, you know, I've, I've trained trained soldiers and, and, and they join during during the global war on terror. In some cases, even at the, the, the second surge or the height of the war in Afghanistan or whatever. And so, like, it, I mean, you think about like what it takes, um, what like the amount of like dedication to it, the, the want to, the drive, the, the motivation, the patriotism or whatever the shit you want to call it to join the military during a time of war, knowing for a fact that you are going to go to war. Like I joined pre nine 11, man. And I, and I've often wondered, you know, would I have joined after nine 11? And I, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to say, but yeah, no, no. You're one of the first people that we have on that's joined after nine eleven. So you know straight up, like you you go for one, you're gonna go to combat. You want to go to combat. So you're one of the first few people that we can ask that question. Like knowing full well going into combat, how did it change your family? How did it affect your your family before you left? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, my mom was not happy about it at all (laughs) as as moms are i didn't consult anybody at all on it i just went and did it Mm. um and came home and said hey uh by the way i signed up for the army for six years for uh infantry uh (laughs) in a couple months (laughs) Mm. yeah man it was 
it wasn't well received uh, at first, for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, they came to understand that I was, you know, the reasons I was doing it were good. And, mm. uh, you know, that that was something that I had a desire to do, a strong desire to do. So uh, they got behind me on it. But, but it was definitely a shocker at first when, uh, you know, they're expecting me to go to college and, you know, do whatever uh, to say, hey, uh, it's I'm enlisting in the infantry during wartime. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's – so does your family, like, have a – I mean, is there, like, a history of military service? Not really, man. Uh, so my uncle was in the Air Force. He uh, he flew F-16s in the Alabama National Guard. And then uh, I've got a cousin of mine that's currently in the Air Force. I believe he flies C-5s. Um, or did, but that's that's about it, man. There really wasn't uh, wasn't much. Uh, my stepdad was in the Navy. Um, he was probably the biggest motivator behind you know the military aspect of it. You know, he and I had talked about it before, and you know, I'd obviously heard some stories and stuff that he had told that sounded cool. So I'd mm-hmm. say he was probably one of the, the big motivators behind it. Yeah. Um. That's pretty cool, though, man. I mean, it's, it's kind of like with me, like my 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 dad and stepmom and my stepdad all served way back in the day, like in the sixties or seventies, whatever. But like long before I ever existed, you know. <clears throat> so it, it's just I just I just find it kind of fascinating that like there's a ton of parallels between everybody's stories that we've heard so far and like our reasons for joining, our reasons for selecting the infantry, um, and it, it kind of it kind of makes me wonder, like. When you, you know, obviously, like, when you're in the infantry, like, and and if you're not infantry, you you don't understand this, but, like, we have a certain pride about us, right, called arrogance, ego, fucking whatever it is, cockiness, but, like, we all wanted to be there, you know what I mean, it's, 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 it's an interesting um, difference between us and you know, a lot of people, other people in the military, I mean, I know, I've trained people that were military police who were like, oh, yeah, like, I want to be an MP, I, my my dad was a cop in real life or my mom was a military police officer during this time frame and I wanted to follow in those footsteps and that's that's a thing but like I don't know man like I it's just I just feel like we're a little extra special when it comes to mm-hmm. the for for a reason like we have that for a reason like this is what we want to do we're we're set we're fixated well yeah kind of a little bit maniacs somewhat too <laughs> yeah I mean, so yeah so there there is a little bit of that too because i mean even samper was like yeah man i was i was uh making trouble you know and going the wrong direction and fuck man you join the military i guess nothing wrong with being a maniac uh in the right uh, situation i guess right absolutely right. no i mean that's that's what it takes yeah yeah so you uh when you start basic oh man so okay so i'm remembering dates now so i enlisted august of 2002 i started basic i want to say oh man it had to have been like november early november because i want to say i graduated right in the beginning of january so i think that would be about the right timeline you know makes sense that makes sense how long were you at 30th ag um only five or six days oh well, that was nice yeah, yeah fucking lucky you <laughs> right at all. 
wasn't bad at all. We were there just long enough to get all the stuff we needed. And, um, yeah, we were trucked out of there and right into the, uh, you know, right into the old fire pit. Yeah. Kevin, how hey. long you can do? Uh, oh, shit, man. Uh, and Mike can probably correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we were there for like two weeks, week and a half. And then we got hit with three. Yeah, fuck that, dude. That week and a half or thereabout, I think it might have been like close to like 10 days, felt like the longest of my life, dude. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine. I, I was going crazy just being there a few days because you're just ready to get get it on. You know, get, let's, let's get it going. And you're just sitting there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so for you folks hear them doing like, their PT in the morning, screaming and shit, like, God, I want to yeah. do that. Let me get this going yeah. already. Yeah. For folks listening, man, like when you're in reception, you cannot do anything so you wake up in the morning at like you know six or whatever time it was you go to breakfast you come back you sit in the barracks you're not allowed to train you're not allowed to do pt you're not allowed to i mean there's nothing that you can do because you're you're you know waiting to ship the basic training and then you go to lunch and then you go to dinner and that's all you do you eat and you sit but you know I have have, you know i have an observation here that's honestly some of the most valuable training you could possibly get for the army I mean, I mean, true, true. I mean, they're they're just basically saying, "Hey, look, this is pretty much how it is most of the time, forever." So, yeah, if you can make it do this, you're good. Yeah, foretelling the future, right? Around waiting on stuff constantly and forever. So, just you know, deal with it. Yeah, 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 the whole hurry up and wait game. Yeah, I think that's right, man. Rewrite as a motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, you know. It's crazy though, too. But like, so you when did you ship the base again? I forgot what you said. Uh, it would have been some, uh, August. It would have been you know August is when I enlisted. It was the delay. It was I was in delayed entry oh. for a few weeks. Um, so man, it would have been early early November, I think. Right, like right at the beginning of November, I think. And it might have been October. I can't remember. All I know is I graduated in January because I I remember because I graduated. And then I went to um, javelin training immediately after graduation, and I started javelin training in the in uh, January. Oh, yeah. how did that go? It was cool. Explain yeah. what a javelin is, huh? Explain what a javelin is for the folks. So a javelin is a uh, you know it's an anti tank guided um, rocket. Basically, it's a shoulder fired thing. Uh, the sight that the cool thing about them was the optic that they had on them was a uh, thermal and it could you know you could lock it on to moving vehicles and once it had a lock and you fired it it tracked that moving vehicle and could take it out so it was a really cool training especially for me being you know just coming out of basic training and the next thing you know i'm learning how to shoot these shoulder fired rockets thinking like heck yeah man they're i'm about to get <laughs> tanks you know uh, it was yeah. it was fun i enjoyed it that was pretty cool i remember when you showed up and uh they explained like the whole javelin thing i'm like that's fucking dope man i wish i could have done that yeah, yeah I didn't. Even, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like right after basic, I just thought you, you know, you did basic, you know, or you know, for man, it's 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 funny. Like infantry guys, so we're OSIT, right? Like we're basic and AIT is one big thing. There's no difference. There's no shift. There's no flag change. You're just getting smoked the same and treated differently. Blah blah blah. But like, so we say basic training, but like you complete basic and then you go on a javelin school. I mean that's. As a yeah, I can imagine as a as a young soldier being like, "Holy shit, this is fucking yeah, cool!" I mean, man. <laughs> we're getting bust. We're getting bust every. You know, we eat a good chow. Nobody's messing with us. We get bust to building three on Fort Benning and go into these huge, awesome classrooms, 
and, you know, get this block of instruction, which, you know, it, and then you know, get in field. It was cool, man. Honestly, like that was, that was a really cool memory um, of, you know, early, you know, early on in my army career for sure. Yeah. All right. So go ahead. Um, no, I was just going to say, so probably part of the reason that you, that your, your, your stay at reception was so short is because of the time of year you went like summer surge, they're, they're backed up. And, uh, and so you end up sitting in reception for forever. Um, so there's less people. So like when you went to basic training, I bet you, you were probably one of the youngest dudes there. Um, you probably had some, some guys in your platoon or in your company that were in their, you know, mid or early twenties, which is pretty uncommon for summer cycle. We had some guys, we actually had a guy we called Poppy. He was 36. Mm. Um, God. He was hilarious. Um, but dude, I mean, I feel like there was, I mean, you know, we were in trailers, we were in two, five, eight. Uh, and so like they had us in like modular buildings down, like at the very bottom of the hill. And I mean, that was, they were putting a lot of people in at that time. So I don't know, maybe they just pushed us through quickly because the, the pipeline was a full output at that point. I, I don't know, but it was, you know, they, it didn't take long. That's for sure. Yeah. Hmm. That's crazy. So when'd you get to Germany? Uh, I got there in late January of 2003. Hell yeah, man. Yep. You got there right in the middle of the wild shit. Oh, dude, everybody just come back from freaking Kosovo and was fucking big balling and (laughs) (laughs) wild mouth. Like, I mean, well, you know, I mean, it was like, man, I was just trying not to get fucked with and just fly (laughs) under the radar and, you know, just basically just do it I was ever I was told to do and uh you know it was funny man um I can remember I can remember coming in and you know just being pretty intimidated really uh you know just just thinking like man like just you really just you don't understand I mean you know in that situation you have no idea what to expect and what you're getting yourself into I mean really I mean basic training is is one thing uh but you know, when you show up to your unit and you got all these guys with cool badges and <laughs> shit on your uniform, and you know, you're like, damn, like, who? I mean, I'm nobody here, you know? So it was intimidating for sure. Especially that time frame, man, because, like, you know, when Tyree and I got there, like, you know, they hadn't really gone anywhere. There's a few dudes that went on that first rotation to Kosovo in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that had been a while, you know what I mean? So they were just kind of, everybody was kind of amped up over, you know, nine eleven and, you know, the new war on terror and, and so on and so on. Um, but like to get there when you did, like we had just deployed to Kosovo as a unit. And so we had all that bonding time sitting there in the fucking Balkan mountains um, doing nothing but crowd clearances and fucking off. And then we yeah. come back to Germany and we have that closest. And then a few guys leave. But like, and as soon as you get there, matter of fact, as soon as you got there, late January. So like, that's when we first came down on. Um, they were talking about sending us to Turkey. Yeah. For it, for for the it, uh, Iraq invasion. Yeah. It was not long. Yeah, I can remember sitting in the barracks and watching watching it all go down on TV, and like, heck, they put us on the buses like two or three times. I remember like saying, "All right, you're going." Um, yeah. <sighs> Yeah, that was that was crazy, man. I, I can remember being a little scared, honestly, about that. It was yeah. It was, you weren't the only one. I was excited about it. 
<sighs> I I didn't feel prepared because yeah. I hadn't do any training with any, you know what I mean? Um, so I was like, I was apprehensive about it. I didn't, you know, um, I didn't have what you guys had, you know, the camaraderie and the fact that you guys had trained together for a while. It was, it was, man, I was, I was worried about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And, and, and rightfully so, man. Cause I mean, you think like, like I said, like, you know, Tyree and I had been there for shit at, at that point, 13, 14 months. You yeah. know what I mean? And, uh, multiple fuel problems, a deployment. And that was how, that was the bulk of the company, the bulk of platoon. And so, hey, here you are, brand new guy walking into a unit that's, you know, potentially deploying for the initial Iraq evasion. I mean, that's got, that does have to be a big, like, reality check. But at the same time, you know, I bet, I mean, there, there had to have been a little bit of you that was like, this is why I joined and this oh, is what yeah, I'm here no, to do. No doubt. I mean, yeah, I wasn't trying, I mean, I was, I was ready to do it um, and prepared to do what needed to be done. But there was definitely that thought in my head that this shit just got real, real, real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So um, it was, it was eye opening and kind of, you know, really awakened me to exactly what I was getting into and, and, and really probably helped me prepare myself for, you know, the rest of the time I was in, you know, mm-hmm. mentally, because, uh, I mean, you had to be ready, man. There's no, there's no option. You don't, you don't, you know, you, 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 you gotta, gotta be ready to go when it comes down yeah. to that. Was there a, was there like, to me that you remember, like, was there like a defining moment, um, with the platoon where you were like, when you were finally like, yeah, man, I'm one of the boys. Hmm. It's hard to say. Probably, I would say EIB. Yeah. Yeah, I would say EIB. Um, you know, once... And not to say that I wasn't like... I mean, like, man, I, I, I had it pretty easy. I didn't catch too much hell because I, I, I generally tried not to do anything that would cause that. But um, I think that, you know, after EIB, that's kind of... you know, Because that happened not long after I got there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to get that and and go through the training with with the boys and and that was really my I think if I remember correctly that was probably my first any kind of training with with um, with the company aside from going to the range or something so that you know I think that was probably probably where it really kind of clicked. yeah dude I I was so salty that because we just got our EIBs um, September of the previous year in Kosovo. And I was so salty that I didn't get to be one of the uh, one of the graders for that. You know what I mean? I, I was kind of looking forward to it, man. That was one of the things. Like when we got our uh, EIBs, I, was, I think it said CIBs. Like, when we got our EIBs, it was like uh, it's like, man, like how cool would it be to like I have this and I can I can like grade people that want it. How cool was that? You know what I mean? It, that's when Sergeant Major Dragon rolled up to the uh, EIB <laughs> test site on his motorcycle. Oh yeah, pulled right up in there. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be a badass? Was he like? Oh, dude, he pulled the right in there, dude. He pulled right in there and, and did a proper inspection of that spot. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Kicked him, kicking up rocks and shit. Yeah, yeah he was, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but that's cool, though, man. So, like, you're running through EIB, you're going through the lanes. You you got your EIB, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, what rank? What rank were you? I did the PFC, right? No, I was. I was. Uh, I think the E two. Yeah. Oh man. See? And so, yeah. what's wild about that? And so, for people listening, I don't know if you've explained this before, um, and I, I sometimes I, I forget that to, to explain things. But like the EIB is the expert infantry badge. So in the infantry, you have your CIB, which is for combat, which is 
and EID is your expert infantry badge. So to get your EID, you have to go through a series of tasks. You have your prerequisites, like a 12-mile ruck uh, under three hours with like a 45-pound rucksack, and you have to do a PT test, qualify expert, um, and Dan Nightland Nav uh, with a compass and with a, a plugger, I believe. That's what we had to do. Um, those are the prereqs. And then you went through a series of anywhere from 60 to probably 70 different tests spread out over three or four days. And if you, if you fail an event, then you have to, you're given the opportunity to retest. If you fail it, you're done. If you pass it, you're good to go. And if you fail one more event and you retest and fail, you're done. Um, But if you pass, you're good to go and you're what we call blade running. So meaning if you fail one more thing, that's it. And so these 60 to 70 tasks are like, you know, like your, your, your level one task, like your basic military knowledge, like operations of certain like weapon systems, like estimate range, uh, camouflage, call for fire, uh, night vision, uh, chemical. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All these things. And so to be a brand soldier in the army and to go through all of these tasks and earn your EIB, your expert infantry badge is a huge fucking deal, man. Like, I don't think people. I don't think people understand like how big of a deal that is, man. That, that, I mean, I, to me, that's fucking amazing. And for you to be like the FNG and to get your your, your EIB, I mean, that's pretty rad, dude. Yeah, it was. I mean, I was I was stoked, man. I mean, you know, it was, and you know, it it was it was something that was like you know, I tried my absolute best, you know what I mean, and and I and I kind of made it, so that kind of validated, I guess, what I was doing. So mm-hmm. yeah. It was, it was, man, it was, I was excited to get it for sure. Especially hell, just, just to make the road march. I remember doing, you know, the road march and, and crossing the finish line and, and, and being there under time. Um, man, I was like, hell yeah. You know, like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the one that's going to have to do the next road march where they make you do it again and again. And again. Oh man. Like, dude, yeah. like, you know how it was, man. Like, yeah, you failed that thing. You just better get ready for road march central for the, for the next freaking <clears throat> two weeks, dude. Like, damn. <laughs> When we did ours in Kosovo, like, so they gave us, I think it was like two weeks to knock out the prerequisites. So if you failed an event, it was rescheduled. But like, like you said, like you might end up doing the 12 miler on the same day that you got to go out and do day and night land nav, or maybe you just did night land nav last night. Uh, I mean, if, if I'm not mistaken, we had dudes when we were in Kosovo and, and we, went, we went through EIB, we had dudes that was just failing these things back and, you know, left and right. So yeah. like, go out and fail land nav, not make time on the ruck march, not fucking knock out their PT test. So they're like, now it's compounded, right? So like all of their physical efforts are just being like shot because, fuck, man, now uh, I got to go do 12 more miles. If yeah. you didn't pass something first time, the level of suck went up exponentially. Oh, yeah. I got really lucky. I passed. I don't know how I passed land that first time to be perfect <laughs> with you because I didn't know what the hell I was doing at the time. But uh, <laughs> I, I got lucky. But yeah, dude, it, it, like you're saying, man, it just if you didn't if you didn't get it, you're just making it worse and worse. And yeah, yeah. I think everyone uh, was really happy when you got your uh, EIB. Everyone had thought uh, pretty highly of you. Yeah, man. No, I mean, because when we when we get new soldiers, I mean, obviously, like we're looking at them, we're kind of assessing and seeing how they perform and you know respond and whatnot. And I mean, you were always one of the one of the one of the soldiers. I mean, even 
after like you, you know, got in with the guys and, you know, you'd been there for a minute. Like you were always one of the dudes that was squared away. Like mm-hmm. always, always. Well, I try, man. That's all I do. Had some, some good, uh, some good guidance from guys like you, man. Honestly, you know, setting good examples and making sure they didn't do anything stupid. Oh, I don't know about <laughs> the examples if you're talking about us. No, nah, not me. Goddamn, <laughs> they are all bad. No, hey, bad, no bad examples. No good examples. It sounded period. really, really good when I said that. <laughs> it yeah, did. Right. Yeah, we appreciate it. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, let's we'll, we'll edit that out and uh, and start it right here, Tyree. And, hey, man, we yeah. really appreciate that. Really appreciate it. That's awesome to say, man. We're good. We're we're great. We're great. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, um, everything was rolling right along really well with my with my army career, and then Sergeant Swaney put me in the driver's hatch for Bradley. Oh. because i asked to go to sniper selection and his response to me asking to go to battalion sniper selection was to put me in the in the, the driver's hatch his driver's hatch yeah that makes <laughs> yeah. the most sense that makes the uh, most sense dude, that was dude that was like one of the most depressing times for me uh early on was like knowing how bad i wanted to go do that and and he knew it and the whole reason he wouldn't let me do it was just because he could yeah shit sucked yeah. yeah i wonder i wonder what the motivator was there for that like maybe he just didn't had a thing for you i don't know i don't know man all i know is, is that uh i joined i joined uh griffing on the seven track and uh we had some good times man i don't i don't regret it at all i'm glad i did it honestly um yeah it was pretty cool got become you know pretty close with griffing uh there and, and man we you know we survived swain dog <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's a whole other that's a whole other ball game in there oh yeah that was uh i'll never forget man graphing beer <laughs> we had gone somewhere and we had like eaten chow and we we're taking the bradleys back out to the range or something we stopped and sergeant swaney gets off the bradley and he's and you know you know how it is i had the driver's hatch cracked and i see him walk by and he comes from my driver's hatch, and he kind of takes a glance to his right, and he just stops dead in his tracks. And as soon as he stops, I immediately realized that I left my M16 on the outside. Oh, dang. Dang. You know what, though? He told Griffin to smoke my ass, and Griff didn't smoke me. <laughs> what? That's Sorry, surprising Swain. coming from Griff. I, he had smoked my ass many times before. Yeah. He didn't get it from that one. He had mercy. Yeah. So, I'll never forget that shit. Wow, fucking Mike Griffin has mercy. That's a that's a new one for me, man. That's like the only time, man. It's the only time he he let, he cut me some slack there. I think he was just tired, didn't want to fuck with probably. Him. Yeah, knowing him, probably he was probably just fed up with some shit going on that day. Maybe Swain was up his ass about something too. Yeah, <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me that he would be up somebody's ass. Mm-hmm. It's just just another day with Swain Dog, man. Not 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 saying he was terrible, <clears> but. No, we but, we've definitely talked about that in the past, man. Like we we appreciate his the method to his madness. It was old, um, it was old school, man. It was old yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll just do and it. Oh. <laughs> Funny things, man. I just think about him and, and some, you know, God, he used to give Winchester so much shit. <laughs> Both uh, of them old timers, man. Oh uh, yeah. He, he, Sergeant Winchester. God. <laughs> I can still I can still hear Sergeant Swain's voice, man. Like yeah. clear as day. That pitch that he could hit. Ugh. Oh yeah. Just, just when you did that right there, I, 
close my yeah. eyes and I can see his face. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> dude, dude, you should, you should, and, and Griffin will attest to the, the lashings that I've received as a driver for going forward when I wasn't supposed to, or, you know, <laughs> was, you better do exactly as you're told or you're getting cussed. But, yeah. But, Good times, man. You know, it's part of all part of the experience. Uh, Hell yeah, man. So, what was uh, what was 2003? I mean, aside from being in the driver's hatch, what was 2003? Knowing that we when we finally got word that we're hitting OIF two, what was 03 like for you? Oh man, I'm trying to remember. I know we, you know, when we weren't in the field, it seemed like that they really, if I remember correctly, that was like one of the best summers ever that Germans yeah. ever had and they just sent us to the field the whole time. But I yeah. can remember, you know, I remember being in the field and taking it very seriously. Um, and also I remember being out of the field and taking partying very seriously. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's pretty much what I remember, man. It was just like, man, whenever we were off, it was just hanging out, whether we were barbecuing, whether we were, going to the club or the bar i just remember hanging out with everybody i mean you know i mean like like it was never like just like you know we just hung out with these it was like you know this group may go out this place one you know what i mean it was just like everybody hung out with everybody everybody's tight for the most part um man we just you know if we weren't training we were we were hanging out and enjoying what we could enjoy because i think everybody kind of knew like hey man like you know you might not get a chance, so you might as well do it up. And I think everybody kind of, kind of took that mentality from what I could gather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, like we uh, next year, man, it's on. So this year, it's on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, that really time. that I mean, time that that man that was a really uh, in my life. And like really thinking about it now, that more the people are talking about it, are like, man, that time was really crazy, and I really did love it. Yeah, it was fucking crazy, but I love the hell out of it, man. I, oh, I remember going over to you guys' house, having drinks and hanging out and barbecuing and going over to Eric's house and hanging out and barbecuing and hanging out with Little E and all that kind of shit and cuss, teaching him cuss words. Going to Kreuzberg. <laughs> yeah. Know, and, oh, Kreuzberg, man. We haven't talked about that, man, with anybody. God, dude, Kreuzberg is my favorite place in Germany. Yeah. Some of the best beer. Explain it. So... So Kreuzberg is a is a monastery. Their beer is called Kloster beer. Um, and it's been I think they've been brewing the beer with the same recipe since sometime in the 1500s. But it's at the top of this mountain. Eight hundred um, years. Yeah, and yeah. so you can drive up there and park below the mountain. You have to walk the rest of the way up, and they have like you know my favorite thing to get always got a ham hock with brochen and uh, some mashed potatoes and sauerkraut, and you know and a, and a liter of beer. Well, I started going up there a lot, and then. Oh man, sometime sometime that year I bought a brand new Honda Civic through the little you know, they have the PX car dealership. Yeah, I bought that Civic <laughs> and so I started I'd go into the barracks on Saturday mornings and anybody that had Kreuzberg uh containers, I would go refill them for them and I would charge them a couple of euro extra and so that's how I paid for what I would drink. So I'd go up there and drink and eat for free and then just bring everybody <laughs> just get smashed and then just bring everybody's beer back um, <laughs> and deliver it. Awesome. It was great. It was a good time. Um, so, you know, that uh, there's a town like right outside of Kreuzberg. I can't remember the name of it. 
Uh, Mike could because that's the town that he was born in. Griff? Yeah. 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 You there? Yep. Oh, okay. yeah. 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 So, so, yeah, Mike was Mike was born there uh, just outside of Quartzburg oh, okay. um, when his dad was in the army back back in the day, <clears throat> 100 years ago. Yep. <clears throat> but what's crazy about the beer that they make there, man, I don't know, is that they, they haven't introduced any modern techniques. They've been doing it the same way this whole time for like 800 years. And it's delicious as fuck. Oh, yeah, man. That that beer will, uh, once it hits your lips. <laughs> man, we, I remember um, one summer we went to, or one, one time in the summer we went to uh, one of the Schwimbods, and it was me. I think Peeps was there, Stamper, and a, a bunch of other folks. We we're getting drunk out in the middle of the sun, <laughs> swimming and shit, which is dangerous as fuck. Don't ever do that. Uh, I remember literally pouring the the beer from those big ass containers into Mike's mouth while he's laying on the ground. <laughs> beer just splashing everywhere, fucking then doing crazy jumps off the top of the. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 off the top of the uh high dive. 10 meter dive man it was 10 10 meters yeah i remember me- 30 off. 33 feet man that was way too high for me dude so oh. yeah i figured something was going on with that yeah all right it's at the 57 minute mark we'll take a break and we'll come right back with yeah. before i forget yeah. <laughs> i know damn you're it's, just what I was thinking. it's working now. But yeah. it's still cold and cut it off. So, you know, you got to answer that. Sorry about that. <laughs> Silly bullshit. All right. We'll just fucking start. Uh, you so guys have we... done one of these before? Is this your first one? <laughs> yeah, it's our first time. First time. First time. Fucking out. noob. Yeah, right? <laughs> Damn. This shit happens all the time. And I'll clean it up. It's my editing. <laughs> right. Your superior editing skills. Fucking right. All right. So, cool times in Germany. Go. You. You who? Adam. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't to see if you get worried. <laughs> I was We're... about to get worried. <laughs> I was going to say, God damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. I just, you know, we had a great time uh, that mm-hmm. summer when we, you know, um, weren't in the field. And even in the field, we had some good times. Um, I can remember, uh, you know, something that I've told people about. And, uh, really, I enjoyed doing the op four detail in Hohenfels. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, that who was, was on? Who was on that with you? Ah oh, man, Parlo, Felici, um, Strand, I think was with us. Uh, Fred, Fred was with us. You guys all had the black uh, uh, op four gear too, right? Yeah, yeah. Billy Jack was with you too, then, right? Billy with us, yeah, because we we actually set Billy Jack up with a you know we you know the damn wild pigs out there were insane, mm-hmm. and so we you know we had these pigs that were coming in and trying to get our MREs and our, and our, and our patrol base at night. So we took some blank rounds from the two forty and opened one up and we 
up with black powder all the way to the brim and then close it up and we put a clean rod in the T40 and we're thinking we're going to kill one of these things and then cook it. <laughs> and uh, I can remember him. Dude, he's laying in the prone <laughs> over this bait pile we've made. He's like 10 <laughs> <laughs> we're we're all looking in night vision watching them from like 30 yards away and in the bushes and here come these pigs and he, he, the pigs come in range and he goes to shoot and you just hear the bolt just go clunk I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, dying laughing over that shit man oh my god man he's like shit <laughs> oh, man it was just that was that was such a good time um just that that whole that whole it was just fun yeah, dude. When I say when I say infantrymen are a special breed, I mean that in multiple ways, and, and and definitely this way. Like you can be, you can be smart as hell, but you're you're definitely gonna do some dumb shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's gonna happen. Just accept. Just it. See, possibly pull it off. This is what happens when you give you know fucking teenagers machine guns, though. Yep, that's what you get. Fuck around. <laughs> so we're about ready to go to Iraq. Uh, you were married at the time. How did that work out? Or not work out, but what was the uh <laughs> what was the vibe at home with like deploying and, and, and just that mindset and, and all that, it was, man? Yeah, yeah, it was tough. It yeah. was. It was how tough. long how long had you been married at that point? Oh, uh, not even a year. Mm-hmm. Maybe a year. Right at that not uh, right around there somewhere. So you you and Stamp were probably in that same in the same boat, like newlyweds and very similar. New yeah. place, new world, all that shit. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's pretty wild, man. I mean, just imagine like this the strain that something like that would take on a relationship or a marriage, or whatever. It was um, stressful. Honestly, the most stressful part about the whole thing was was that, yeah. um, you know, the going going someplace and <clears throat> doing the job wasn't so much the stress as it was just just you know the What's going on back home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I think the toughest thing to deal with. Bro. I mean, they say like the first like three to five years of marriage is like the hardest anyway, and so you factor on top of that like now you're stationed in a different country. When I when now you're in the military, you're stationed in a different country. You're in a unit that's about to deploy. You're constantly rotating in and out of the field. Yeah, you know, like relationships you, don't stand a chance, man. Hell no, man. Like that strain is like like multiplied by like a hundred. Mm-hmm. You, you want to talk yeah. about like physically exhausted doing prereqs for EIB because you failed the fucking ruck, man. This is a whole different. Yeah. It's a lot to deal with, man, for a young, young kid. It really is. Yeah. Oh, especially, I didn't even think about that, like at that age, too. Because how, how old were you at the time? Like 19 ish, around there, 20? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. 19. Fucking kids. Yeah. That's some shit, though, man. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it it has some shit, but time moves on, and now we're rolling into Iraq, and guess who you're rolling in with? The tundra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're fucking with... right. <laughs> you fucking right. It was there, <laughs> motherfucker. You know it was in there. You ain't even got to look around. You can just was feel this. Fucking stupid, yeah. What the fuck are y'all even talking about? Talking about Browns two hundred three. Yeah, oh, man. It was a, it was a it was a fucking game changer. All right, year two hundred three was a game changer. Man, I could hit anything from anywhere at any time. All you got to do is ask, and I got you. Don't worry about it. Behind the back, 
Sideways. Oh, yeah. Too easy. Too easy. Come on, man. Shit. I couldn't <laughs> figure out a lot of shit, but I could figure out that shit. I was surgical with it. <clears throat> yeah. Right. <laughs> you, uh... So let me ask uh, Tyree. When, when we were deployed, did you ever carry the 203? No. <laughs> <laughs> so you got all these bragging rights with fucking paint rounds? Yeah, it was bullshit. It was just fucking practice. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, hey man, like it should work though. What yeah. if what if what if at one point you needed to pick up a two oh three that was on the ground? Oh, I wouldn't think good. Just like in the movies, you know what I'm saying? Like some shit's happening, like the good guys are about to lose and then like like they're halfway defeated and then like the hero like looks over to his left and there it is, the weapon that he needs, but he's only got like one shot and it's like this crazy like one in a billion shot. But he says, fuck it. What do I got to lose? And he turns and like, as he's shooting, like something's blowing up and like he's taking incoming and blah, blah, blah. But he fires it anyway. Bam. Nail in the head. Wins that's the fucking. Me. I got yeah, it. Yeah, that's you. That's you yeah. with paint rounds. Fuck yeah. <laughs> if they gave him real rounds, they wouldn't even stand a chance. Might well it hell no, man. They had to no. make it even. They had to so make that, it even. For people listening, man, like I don't, y'all don't know, like Tyree, when he, when we deployed, we we couldn't give him live rounds because the enemy already didn't stand a chance with him with blanks and paint rounds with a, with a two hundred three. Like we had to he like on the whole battle just by sheer intimidation alone, just by existing, yeah, just by showing up, intimidation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just walk out in the red and they surrendered me. Yeah, I just put my hands up to the side like Jesus <laughs> and stared at him. They all <laughs> melted away. We went back to fucking drinking. <laughs> War is over. No, we had so much fun joking around like that, man. Uh, wherever we were, basically, me and Peeps, like uh, some kind of dumbass joke that would just fucking go on and on and on. Uh, um, I guess you two tackling the shit out of shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah, man, I I had forgot about that until until Rob mentioned Star Major after Rob mentioned it because. Uh, I say I forgot about it, probably because you got the last laugh on me, man. You fucking <laughs> laid my ass out. And like for size reference, like peeps, how how big are you, man? How, how tall are you? I mean, so, so now I'm I, yeah. I mean, I'm six foot tall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back then, back then. Let's not talk about it now. <laughs> I mean, I, I I was like pretty small. I mean, I was probably I was six foot, probably 175 pounds. Yeah, so we're we about were, the, me and him were about fair, the same size. Yeah, and well, so I mean, because I, I was six two, about 185, 190. Uh, maybe pushing 200 were, at this point. Definitely more solid than I was. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we, we definitely traded. Uh, and for Man, if you didn't listen to, to – what was this episode called again, Tyree? That was um, – you know what? Let's bingo, be, bingo, let's, bingo. No, let's not. Let's let's not. Bingo. We don't know the answer because you need to go back and listen to all the episodes. If you're listening, if you listen to this one, and you haven't listened to any other one. Go back, and listen to the rest. Stop being an asshole. But anyway, because <laughs> we bingo. went back and fucking forth, man. Like back and fucking forth. Like laying. It was a battle. Out. Yeah, it was a battle. I remember. Yeah, I remember the first time I got you. We were in, we were in the field. We were in graph, and like you were just fucking standing there, all unsuspecting and shit. And I just fucking laid your ass out. Dude, I mean, you never knew when the spear was coming. Man, yeah. man, that, I, I promise you, dude. That last time you got me when we were in Kuwait, 
Like, I'm just, I don't know who the fuck I was talking to, man. But all I heard, like, I was just sitting talking, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And it was like, your boots just pounding in the sand. <laughs> Next thing I know, dude, like, I'm, I went from standing to on my ass, dude. Like, laid the fuck out. That's um, awesome. I mean, like, we both had our gear on, too. Like, it was like IBA and fucking Kevlar and shit. Like, laid me the fuck out, man. I was like, yeah, you got this one, man. That's that's all you. <laughs> I don't I don't accept defeat very much, man. Like, it, when, especially when it comes to shit like that, dude. But like, you you yeah, man, you took my ass out. <laughs> oh, hey. <clears throat> so, so uh, me, you, and uh, me, you, and Griff roll into Iraq together. What's that? I said me, you, and Griff roll into Iraq together. Correct? Yeah, we did. Sure did. What was that? Man, um, I just remember being on, I think they had the vehicles like on top of the, the Hemets, if I remember right. Yeah. And we were in those. Um, so it was, uh, you know, not as scary as I thought it would be. Um, I was a little bit worried about like an IED going off or something, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I I remember like we had to make a couple of stops at these fuel points, and I remember refueling these things took taking forever, and ended up in some random chow hall, and then uh, you know, finally making it to our final destination, Nebraska War. You know, um, but it, I remember it taking a long freaking time. Yeah, it was a hell of a ride. Yeah, that's the main thing I remember is just how long it took to get to where we needed to go. I was so grateful to be with you guys in that track, though, because it was comfortable. Uh, I was happy, man. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, – I I wasn't too worried about anything really, you know, taking us out in there, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Armor-wise, you know, I I felt like we were good. Yeah, Well, I wasn't – you know, I was – I I think, you know, more – I guess if I was feeling anything, then it was more just, you know, I was was ready to – get in there and get after what we were supposed to do yeah and you're the driver of what track when we uh are there or what is your first job so yeah i'm, I'm the driver of the seven track sergeant baggage track um mm-hmm. when we first get there um so me and you know griffin was the gunner and uh man just you know we were a pretty tight crew um you know by that time i've been driving for quite a bit griffin been a gunner for quite a bit and we had a couple gunneries under our belts and, um, you know, Sergeant Baggett's awesome, you know. And so, I mean, there, there wasn't a whole lot of issues or problems. I mean, we, we pretty much took care of business and um, it was a pretty low stress uh, crew to be in just because, it, you know, there was nothing really to, to get worked up over, which was nice. Yeah. <clears throat> Tell me a little bit about what a uh, typical day out and uh on a patrol what is like for a driver ah oh, it's freaking boring dude um <laughs> yeah I mean, you know you, it just all depends on what's going on it seems like most of the time we'd end up just you know pulling an overwatch somewhere and just sitting there in which case i just you know lay my seat back and try to get to sleep um but it you know it was just man you never knew i mean sometimes it was cool because you'd be doing some aggressive driving through some tight little streets and you know um you know it, it could it had its exciting moments i mean honestly it was it was there was parts of it that you know i think back to some experiences that were really awesome um, but it was also it could be incredibly boring um and i 
took every chance that I got to pester Sergeant Baggett to let me get out of the driver's seat. I remember mm-hmm. that. When you uh, you did get out of the driver's seat while we were deployed, though, right? Like you. Uh... Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I was only a driver for like the first three months there, um, and then uh, he finally let me out, and then I was uh, the RTO for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, you um, took that over for me. Yeah, I was gonna say you guys just kind of swipe swap jobs. Well, I didn't go be a driver. I was just a two forty gunner. Are you? Or I mean, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then after yeah. that, I went to Sergeant Gill Squad. Yep. Yep. And there I stayed until we for the rest of the deployment. After that, that's a whole lot of changing around, man. In a year time, in a year's time, I mean, like from a driver to a RTO to. I mean, when you went to Gill Squad, I mean, you didn't go as an RTO. No. Or, or, or did you? I went over there and I carried the 240 for a little bit. Um, I carried, shoot, what did I do? I, I carried the 240 for a bit and then I think I had the 203 for a little while. I, I mean, it's hard for me to remember. I know I didn't yeah. carry the I, I definitely carried the 240 for a while. Oh, uh, I know damn well you had that 203, didn't you? Yeah, I had the 203. Yeah, there's I, a yeah. there's a certain story about you and a 203 in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was. I feel like we need to hear that story. Ah, what's this story? Mm, you know, I'll tell you. So, <laughs> I, I did have the 203, and we were on a mission. And so, man, I've still to this day not figured out how this happened to me. I still don't understand. Because in my assault pack when I was a 203 gunner, I had a really big bag of HE rounds, and then I had a small pouch on the outside that I kept my my loom rounds in. And so we got up on this Overwatch, and you know, it was towards the end. It was in the winter time. You know, there wasn't anything going on. We were basically just going out on these night patrols and not encountering anything. And so they're like, "Hey, put a 203 loom round out to the to the west." I'm like, "All right." So I reach in my little pouch where my loom rounds are and I shuck one in the 203 and as soon as I pulled the trigger I knew (laughs) (laughs) and and it took Sergeant Baggett about five seconds to go from his track to the third story of that house (laughs) to figure out who had just done that man yeah that was that was a, I don't, man, that was a huge mistake. And, uh, yeah, fortunately, uh, it was no worse for the wear there. It didn't just went off into nowhere and didn't, didn't do anything. And Sergeant Baggett didn't kill me. So yeah, that was, that was wild, man. Uh, I'll never, yeah, that was one of those things. It's like your total, oh, oh shit moment. Like, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it's like, I didn't know what was going to happen, man. I was like, man, I'm in deep shit. That's all I was on <laughs> Man, I can't tell you how many times. So I, I mean, I was a grenadier for the, 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 the latter half of that deployment. And um, I can't tell you how many engagements we got into where, like, because, you know, you, you walk around red, man. I always had one in the fucking tube. And, and uh, you know, like, I can't tell you how many fucking of those two or three rounds I launched. Uh, and I definitely over elevated you know what i'm saying <laughs> uh one time in particular man me and me and sergeant humphrey uh we're walking across this open area just when doing the right seat ride let's ride with the fucking new guys coming in 
And uh, he and I are walking across this open area. We got a, one, uh, one of the new guys, Bradley's right behind us. And we take a fucking RPG, man. Like, RPG comes in, snaps over our head. We fucking hit the deck. I pop up, fucking launch my 203 because I thought I knew where about it came from. No, man, I was way the fuck off, dude. That RPG, like, came from, like, 75 meters away. I damn near max elevated that fucking gun. Girl. <clears throat> yeah, I put that thing 300 meters somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no. Hey man, but I didn't do it at night when we were trying to be tactical. Yeah, you know, one of those uh, learning moments for sure. <laughs> for sure, dude. Did you ever have a oh shit, it's it's going down kind of a moment, like a moment that kind of freaked you out? Like, how did I make it out of this alive? Only one during that deployment that really stands out to me um, is during the ODA house when that that whole contact thing was going on when. You know, Johnson, I think you were freaking running ammo across the open ground and mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, dude, like, I can remember being on the roof up there and I had a really cool spot that was well protected and I could shoot it just about whatever I wanted to. Mm. And one of the green berets uh, made me go out onto the roof, basically totally exposed to all the buildings that overlooked the graveyard to watch the, the back corner and... I didn't really want to go there because there was just rounds and backing all over there. And uh, I had some pushback on him and he basically told me to get the fuck over there. And so I did. And that I was, I was just waiting to get hit in the back of the head by a round. Mm. Uh, um, that was really the only time that stands out. It's like, I was, I was worried. Um was right there just because I just felt totally exposed in that position, man. Like, I mean, I've literally been sitting there watching rounds and packed around it. Um, so yeah, that was, that was pretty sketchy, man. I did not like that. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, I've, I've never, I've never even thought about that. Cause I mean, like, like, like you said, you guys know what I was doing during all that. And we know what everybody else is doing during all that, but like to be in a position, not necessarily directly in the fight, but still a part of it. Um, because you know, we, it's, it's doctrine, right. Maintain 360 security. Uh, make sure nobody you know hits us from the flanks or sneaks up in the rear, blah blah blah. So you gotta you gotta have somebody there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but does it gotta be me? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Like. Yeah, man. Like right, right now in this situation, <laughs> it was more like I was like, why don't you go over there and and watch that flank? Basically, yeah. and he, you know, basically it's like this isn't that's not how that's gonna go. And you know, I just really didn't want to do it, man. Like it was. It was a sketch, but I did, you know, all good. But damn, yeah, it was scary. Yeah, man, that I bet. That's scary ass day. Hey, uh, just real quick, uh, I just want to say, um, Fred, Mike, Stamper, Sabrina, Stamper, and Youngblood all said to tell you peeps, what's up? What is up? And uh, I don't know if you I don't know if you listened to the last podcast that we did with 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 the with the Stampers, um, but they were talking about meeting up in Nashville for New Year's Eve, and so they started a group chat with with all of them. I guess Fred and, and Youngblood are going. I haven't, I haven't seen any. Oh, well, I haven't fucking seen any of all except Tyree. You know what I'm saying? And since '05, so that'll be pretty rad to see, man. Hey, speaking of which, you live in Florida. How far are you away from Nashville, peeps? What are you doing for New Year's Eve? Nothing. You got to come. Man, we actually do. We actually do have some plans, and I have to work uh, leading right up to that too. Um, uh, or else I would 
totally down, man, because I love Nashville. It's one of my absolute <clears throat> country. Um, oh man, I have fucking Nashville, dude. Tyree, you would. I don't think you've ever been to Nashville. Have you? Yeah, I've it's, been there. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I love it's Nashville. fucking sweet. Fucking down, uh, what is that street with all those bars and shit? Broadway, yeah. Broadway. Yeah, that's cool, man. We, dude, there's some spots in East Nashville that are super cool, too. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 a cool city. Really enjoy it there, for sure. I'm not a city dude, but I, w- I would live in or yeah. near Nashville, for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. I can stomach <laughs> it. Nah. <laughs> You're that's right. Fucked that's fucked up sounding. No, it's fucking great. I love it there. Yeah. Shout out to anybody who's listening in Nashville. I love your city. Yeah, man. Uh, and let us come live with you for free. <laughs> um, but no. And speaking speaking of speaking of meeting up and doing things, man. I know there's been some talk um, about coming down to where you are, peeps, and uh, and taking over your your business, and uh, and also taking over your time. You know what I mean? And 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 seeing you, but like also like being down there and and planning some shit. Yeah, man, I would, I would, I would love it. I would love to see everybody and dude, we'll just go get on the boat and spend some good time together and go catch some fish. And I mean, I think that'd be great. I would, I would love nothing more than for that to happen. For sure. Hell yeah, man. I, I feel like yeah. we got enough time between now and I, I think the talk is next summer. I mean, I think I feel like there's plenty of time for people to like make arrangements, <clears throat> Tyree, just, and just uh, <laughs> that's make it happen. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. <clears throat> Hell yeah, man. Um, but anyway, we're kind of off topic there. Uh, as much as I want to talk about fucking all this, man, we do. We have been talking about reunions, meeting up, this, that, and the other, and, and so on and so on. And you know, and I can't remember who 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 said it, um, but you know, like the formal, like blue spader reunions are exactly that. They're formal, and I just, I just, I, you know, while that's a cool thing, and you get to connect with blue spaders from other generations, and and so on and, and that's cool but like it's not just our dudes you know what i mean it's not our boys yeah mm-hmm. and I, I think that's what a lot of us are missing you know what yeah 100 yeah. agree with that <clears throat> it's a lot of people who wear blue spader shit but there's only like there's blue spaders that i know you know yeah this the second platoon roughnecks you yeah. know from that time from that era yeah yeah man that's the thing mm-hmm. <clears throat> But uh, hey, so remember that time, peeps, when you said that uh, you uh, you talked to Sergeant Swaney about going sniper? Yeah, you you uh, you eventually got to fulfill that goal, didn't you? I did, man. I sure did. Yeah, when we got back from that first deployment, um, of course, Sergeant Baggett uh, was all about it, and uh, so he let me go um, to the sniper selection for for headquarters, and I got you know, it through, and uh, yeah, man, went to sniper school and stayed with 126 and deployed again to Ramadi with them for 15 months uh, as a sniper and then uh, went to Benning and was an instructor at the sniper school for three years before I got out. No shit, dude. That's, I didn't know that last part. I mean, I knew that you did the the sniper gig, but I didn't know that you were down there instructing and shit. Yeah. It it was an incredible experience. It really was. That was, you know, um, doing that kind of stuff was really, really, I just, you know, was fortunate to get to do it and i really just thoroughly enjoyed it it was it was a good time that's awesome man hell yeah hell yeah you gotta I mean, share some pictures with us from that so we can put on the site because that's insane i didn't know that you were out there doing it like that yeah yeah, yeah man we uh yeah it was uh <laughs> got some wild stories man uh it was uh you know 
we got into it pretty good down there. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So that follow on for 06. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. And I tell you, dude, uh, having Sergeant Baggett, uh, you know, and I tell you, I got, you know, give a shout out to two guys here, Sergeant Gill and Sergeant Baggett, both of those dudes. Um, what I learned from those guys and was able to apply, uh, to what I did is the whole reason I'm probably alive, honestly. Um, man, I mean, those two dudes were both just as solid leader as you could possibly hope to have. And, uh, you know, being in Sergeant Gill's squad in the first deployment, uh, and then, uh, and obviously Sergeant Baggett's platoon and, and then going back and then having the, the, the leadership and the tutorship of Sergeant Baggett again on that second deployment, man, was, was incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, heck, I, I can remember <clears throat> planning my sniper missions and I'd go in there and talk to him and say, what, you know, what do you think about this? And, and, you know, and, and, and he, you know, he just knew how to break it down and he knew how to, set up where the bad guys were going to be. Yeah, it was, it was mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. It was, so, and I, 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 at this time, what rank are you? Uh, and at the second deployment, mm-hmm. uh, I was a E five and then towards the end of it, I got, I went to the board and got my promotable. Yeah. So, to, I mean, so and the reason I ask is because, so Sergeant Baggett was your second platoon sergeant, right? Like you've been in the army for a year and you get Sergeant Baggett as your second platoon sergeant. So now you're on your second deployment with this man. And, and now you're not just some Joe in the formation. Like you're, you're collaborating with this guy. You're like, you're planning with this dude. That's, I mean, that, 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 that dynamic. And like, and I, and I guarantee you, like, you know, he's looking at you like, man, like this, this young soldier has grown up to be this fucking, like this badass like, this fucking guy that I can rely on, this this soldier, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's 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 got to be a pretty fucking cool feeling, man. Yeah, I don't. Not know. many I, people in the military can can say they they, especially in the regular force. Like, there's not many people that can say they they can experience that. Yeah, you're one of mid, one of few. It was cool, man. I mean, I was fortunate to have. I mean, he, you know, just such a solid dude, and uh, you know, just man, uh, is really lucky to to. For him to, to be for all of us, honestly, you know, really, yeah. I mean, and and, and the same, I mean, the same with Sergeant Gill. And this isn't to like, you know, like, because I know, uh, fingers crossed we have him coming up, but like, um, uh, you know, like, and it's been said every damn near every show, dude, like, we had nothing but like the best leadership possible. Like, how we got so lucky, I have no idea, man. But, like, it worked out for us, dude. And yeah. and, it se- and it seems like, you know, you guys were able to retain most of that going into that, that next deployment in 2006. Um, but, and for people listening, Google, go to Google right now while you're listening. 126 Infantry, 1-26 Infantry, um, uh, 2006-2007. What OIF was that? Was that four? four? Peeps, you know? Which one? Without your 06 deployment. Uh, 0304, I think they called it. Or 0405, heck, man, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just, just look that the numbers up, at that point. Yeah, well, well um, the Army Times did an article on the Blue Spaders, um, and it said that you guys were the hardest-hit unit since Vietnam. Yeah, well, you know, so it's kind of weird how that all went down. So I was, you know, coming from Bravo Company <laughs> – it kind of divvied the snipers out, you know, for those that don't know, there's a 10 man sniper section in a, an infantry battalion, at least a mechanized battalion. 
or there used to be, maybe it's different now, but that's how it was. Um, mm-hmm. So me and my soldier scout got divvied back to Bravo because I pretty much knew everybody in Bravo Company. Well, Bravo Company got attached to 177 Armor, which got attached to some Marines. So we got sent to Ramadi all by ourselves. And then the rest of the Natamia, like in Baghdad. So those guys were getting hammered, man, by those damn uh, EFPs, the IEDs, man. They took – it was just really, really bad. So – we were fortunate in Ramadi. Um, we did have a lot of direct action contact, uh, contact and we, we lost a couple folks, but it, we were fortunate that we didn't have it nearly as bad on the IED front as those guys did, man. It was, um, you know, we, we, we were lucky, honestly, because uh, those guys, they had to deal with a, a whole different ball game than we did. Yeah. I know you have to get off here, and uh, I really did want to get really deep into that whole deployment because, like I said, uh like Kevin said, it's a lot of stuff that happened there that, um, you know, you guys can speak on because, you know, it's important for you guys to speak on it, I think. And um, Kevin? Kevin, you there? The hell? Adam? Yeah, I'm here. What the hell just happened? I don't know. Well, whatever. <laughs> this fucking app today is a real piece of shit. Anyway, um, man, I'll be happy to to hop on again sometime, man. Um, yeah, that's just what I was getting to. I'm trying to get you to come back on so we can try to talk a little bit better or in better situations because this kind of came out yeah. kind of weird. Yeah, it's all good, man. Uh, I'll be happy to. Yeah. So, all right. Just like. All right, so I'm gonna end it here i'm gonna <laughs> sign out kevin you there there now yeah oh yeah you cut out and i thought yeah, you was, dropped out no i was being it was it was being weird for a second but no it's all good yeah well people's got to get off here anyway so we can end oh shit it and uh we'll move on with everything else um and then i'll edit this together as best i can but we got to reschedule peeps because this is uh we got he's got way more to say Oh, absolutely, man. So, and, and, and so, so peeps, uh, part two. Yeah. I'm done with that. Yeah. yeah I'm, I, done with I, that. I'm not guys, but I got kids upstairs that want to decorate gingerbread houses. And- <laughs> oh yeah. No, you hey, can go, go handle You know, it. hell yeah, man. It's the holidays. You know what I'm saying? Like Christmas is, uh, just around the corner. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Last day of school today. Everybody's amped. So I got to go up there. And- oh yeah, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. Understandable. All right, man. All right, y'all. Good talking to you guys, man. Really, really. Really enjoyed it. Absolutely, yeah, man. man. Fuck yeah. Talk to All you right. later. Y'all have a good weekend. Bye. All right, you too.